0: Five o'clock in Pirate Country and ninety-four-three. The game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In
1: five, four, three, two, 1.
0: Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on ninety-four-three. The game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates.
2: Great to be with you. A full week of shows. What will we do? P-Man with you. Ben Byram is uh, producing. Intern CJ. Intern Preppy, Matt, is here as well. He's been playing Hurtly. Zach Morris. That's why we call him Preppy. He's, he's the spitting image of Zach Morris. Which is not a, I mean, it's not a bad thing. We're starting week two of the NFL playoffs without Tom Brady, who apparently was playing with an injured foot, and no Drew Brees. Which one are you a little more gleeful for? I'm kind of more gleeful for the Saints. I don't really like the Saints. I don't either. I don't like how they conduct I've grown dislike that. the Saints. Yeah. I don't like Sean Payton. I don't like how he conducts yeah, himself. Yeah, I don't like Sean Payton. I'm... I was a little classless what they did to the Panthers to end the year. <laughs> Total lack of respect there. And I kind of like having New England around as a, you know, as a content generator, as a, uh, I don't know if you'd call them a foil, but something like that with, you know, uh, with with in the playoffs, because you need a good villain in the playoffs. Well, they're a polarizing team. Everybody's got an opinion on the Patriots. Even if you're not a fan. Sure. Uh, Breeze, easily the third best quarterback on the field yesterday. Easily. Uh, even though I thought Kirk, don't call me Kurt Cousins, was, I mean, he made some great plays. He also made some very bad plays at times. Uh, but he dropped an absolute, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this weekend, winners, weekend's worse, which I think we're going to do next segment, but uh, he dropped an absolute dime on the next to the last pass of the game. That was amazing. Uh but Taste of the Hill was better than Breeze in my opinion. The Swiss Army knife
3: that offense.
2: Well, I mean he just he had an impact on the game. Uh I just, you know, Breeze had that turnover late too. How many more apples or bites at the apple are the or the uh, Saints going to get here? They're getting a little long in the tooth. And uh, another year where they lose late, It was, I think all three have been in walk-off fashion, haven't they? And the last two have been in overtime. Um, New England really at the end of the year was bad and tried to win that game Saturday night with 16 points. Uh, their offensive line probably was not good enough to run the football. They had nobody to throw the football to. I read a stat earlier today that they're – Think about this in the post-Gronk era, that their tight ends had, the tight end position had just a little over 400 yards receiving this year. That's like Eagles receiver numbers, like Wentz had to throw two all year. But this was, you know, replacing Gronk, who was probably the best player on the team last year, easily. Uh, I think was the best player on the, uh, on the Patriots last year. Uh, Carson Wentz actually apologized to his team. Getting hurt, but I mean, you can't apologize for that. That's just one of those bad You know, he finally gets in a playoff game and eight plays in, he's out. Well, you know, you got ignorant Philly fans saying he should have played through
3: the injury. It's the playoffs. You only get one shot. Can't and play. Well, ignorant
2: Philly fans.
3: You know,
2: the Philly, for some reason, I have a lot of Philly related stuff in my timeline on the Twitter.coms at P On Air if you're so inclined. And, you know, I thought they were pretty level-headed yesterday. wasn't like they were when the year they won it, they all lost their mind and people were setting horse manure on on fire and eating it. I mean, it wasn't anything like that? But they were. That's a pretty banged up, and that probably of all the teams that were in this thing, probably I don't want to say least deserving because they won their division for what that's worth, but probably the least likely to do anything there. But they were still in. I mean, with a with uh, of all the forty year old quarterbacks we saw, and of all the forty or forty plus year old quarterback limitations that we saw the last couple of days, uh, McCown was probably the most limited. Uh, that play was there, and that lane was there at the end of the game, and that was one of those cases where like the upper body got moving faster than the legs because he could not. He could not. The hole was there. He just couldn't get to it. it was too old. Uh, Too old. Hey, if you're an ECU basketball fan, the good news is uh, you didn't lose this weekend like NC State and UNC did. Oof. Those were some uh, pretty bad performances. I think for UNC, I can't tell if it's anger or frustration. I think it's more frustration with UNC. I think with State, it's anger. Some frustration. But I think they're just, they weren't really happy with the way uh, obviously, they played at Clemson, couldn't, couldn't score the basketball, didn't take care of the basketball. Uh, UNC couldn't shoot it against Georgia Tech. I think the Roy Williams stuff in the postgame about, I understand he's emotional and he's worked up and he's disappointed, but it's, it's kind of bordering on uncomfortable at this point when uh, Roy Williams does a postgame and the, the way, he, way he kind of talks about the team and the job he's doing. Uh, Pirates back at home tomorrow uh, against USF. It is the conference opener. Uh, Everybody's still pretty excited about the way the team played, even though they lost on New Year's Day at Wichita State. And uh, we'll hear from Coach Dooley coming up uh, in a little bit. Uh, We'll also uh, have for you uh, our weekend winner, weekend worst segment in a a little bit as well. David Glenn will be with us uh, here. Uh, DG is going to be... uh, uh, on, we'll kind of talk about it. a little bit of everything going on, including Mike McCarthy getting hired as the Cowboys coach today. Where's my Cowboys drop there for uh, all our Dallas fans? There,
1: how about Cowboys?
2: Yeah, how about them Cowboys? Mike McCarthy uh, apparently was spending the night over at uh, Jerry Jones's house over the weekend, stayed an extra day. He did, he did. Uh, and is going to be the guy. So the Panthers or is it confirmed that the Panthers the Panthers had interviewed him twice, hadn't they? Yep, twice. And here we are now. That's one. Of, if you had told, I thought the whole purpose of firing Ron Rivera was to go ahead and get a jump on all this, to go ahead and start contacting coaches to start the season or to start the search before the season was up, and, and not disrespect Riverboat Ron by calling other coaches behind his back. So Rivera's already got a job. The Cowboys, even though it took them forever and a day to fire Jason Garrett, you have – they have their head coach apparently. It's not looking uh, – seems like
3: they didn't have a plan. And if they did have a plan, it wasn't a very good one.
2: I am of the belief that that is going to go poorly. I could be – they could end up with Rule or McCarthy or McDaniels, excuse me, but I, I think. It, I think there's – I'm like you, I think – there's not a real focused what they're going to do there. And I, I do I, I tend to agree it's not a very attractive – of all the jobs out there, and there's some unattractive jobs, it's probably the least attractive in the NFL right now. There, there's no culture, but there's upside in Cleveland. There's culture potentially with the Giants. There's just not a whole lot to, to get excited about in Carolina, right? Because you just don't know what's going to happen with Cam Newton. You don't know what's going to happen with Greg Olson. You don't even know what's really going to happen in the front office. So, I mean, there's a lot of sort of unknowns there. But I just I thought the whole point of this thing was to get a jump and go ahead and have somebody named quickly. But I guess not. And if if you're a Panthers fan right now, I think that's that's something to be very, very nervous about. Uh, We mentioned the Pirates at home tomorrow night. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get a break in. Uh, And uh, we've got ECU-USF. What caller do we want to take here, Ben? Let's go with caller number 10, okay. double digits, number 10. Caller 10, we'll get a pair of tickets to the game. We want to pack the arena out tomorrow night. 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. A uh, pair of tickets to ECU-USF if uh, you are caller number 10 on uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. Welcome back. Uh, if you've not been with us, we've been uh, hit or miss the last few uh, uh, couple weeks with shows. We didn't take all that time off, but uh, we took some time off. And uh, now everybody should be back to work. I think everybody's kind of gotten back into the swing of things. So uh, great to have you back with us. We'll do our weekend winners, weekend's worst next. Uh, we'll hear a little bit from Joe Dooley and uh, more. Uh, it is the Patrick Johnson Show. David Glenn will be with us. Uh, caller 10 as we go to break. Uh, two tickets to ECU-USF at two five two five six one game 252-561-4263. Weekend winners, weekend's worst next.
0: Log on to 943thegame.com for blogs about the Pirates program schedules and more. Patrick Johnson, every weekday at 5. I know he's a friend of yours, but that guy is bonkers. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 943 The Game.
2: 513. uh, Down to 33 tonight. Ended up being a very nice afternoon. Uh, Tomorrow, showers are likely in the afternoon at 57, 60% chance of rain. Uh, Tuesday, 33, and then uh, Wednesday, 53 with uh, sun. Thursday, 52 with uh, lots of sunshine. That's your uh, forecast here in Greenville for the next uh, few days. Uh, Special thanks to our Interbanks Media Pirate Partners. Transportation, Impact, Ship Smarter, Spin Less. Fantastic Sam's Cuts and Color. Affordable Services, Salon Perfect Style. Uh, And uh, Moore's Old Time Barbecue Chicken and Seafood, also Caripsy Restaurant at Emerald Isle Fish Prime Raw. It's great to have you uh, with us. Who is our winner? Michael Johnson? Good last name. Uh, Michael Johnson from Greenville, the uh, winner of uh, today's uh, pair of tickets. Uh, ECU and USF tomorrow night. Uh, We will uh, lead you in at 5 tomorrow. 6.30 will be the uh, beginning of the uh, pregame and then 7 o'clock tomorrow. Speaking of uh, ECU programming, Joe Dooley show coming up at 6 o'clock uh, here on 94.3 The Game after our show from uh, Logan's Roadhouse. If you cannot make it out to Logan's to uh, watch the show, uh, Coach Dooley will uh, be uh, heard here on uh, our airwaves. So uh, check it out uh, there. Uh, we've got... Uh, David Glenn in just a few minutes, Uh, but right now we've got our uh, weekend winners, weekends worse. Before we get to that, uh, we did have uh, our microphones at uh, the shoot-around today, and uh, Joe Dooley talked about a few things. Uh, Let's uh, get to that real quick, Ben. Uh, What stands out most about uh, USF? This is what Joe had to say.
4: Really good guard play, obviously. Collins and Riddell, those guys really can put the ball around and get the basket. Dawson's really come on strong lately and does, been very consistent. So very balanced, very good defensively good defensive numbers from a points per game. Terrific. Uh,
2: and uh, why uh, he feels like the team is starting to uh, kind of round into form right now.
4: I think a lot of us have able to practice together. You know, we haven't been able to practice. We've always had guys out. I think they're starting to understand and Get a better feeling for each other, and, and also know each other's strengths and weaknesses. Did they
2: do this like while practice was going on? They like peeled Joe off from practice and said, "Hey, come over here." Really, sounds like it. I'm just you know, it's kind of late in the day, so I was I looked at that time and I thought, "eh, it's a little late," but you know, they're not in class, I guess, so they're you know, they could have a little bit of a later practice. I didn't realize it would be during practice. Uh, they all sound like that? No? Oh, okay. Um, I would like to play cut four, but I'm, I don't know if we'll hear him over the bouncing balls and defensive drills, but let's give it a shot. This is Joe uh, talking about eliminating turnovers being the key to beating the Bulls.
4: We got a massive turnover. That's been a, a little bit of a problem. you know, last year it was strange. We, you know, we turned it over drastically in the beginning of the season. By the end of the year, we didn't. Now um, we've hit a little bit of a stretch where we're turning it over and a lot of enforcement. We need to clean up some I mean, most illegal screens. are going to have some offensive fouls, but we need to turn over those live. Uh, we need to eliminate those live ball turnovers.
2: Uh, so uh, more with uh, Joe sons the uh, ambient noise in the uh, 6 o'clock hour today uh, here on 94.3, the game with the Joe Dooley Show. All right, weekend winners, weekend worst. Let's do this. It's time for weekend winners.
0: Yes, I win! Game over! I win! And the weekend's worst. Worst day of my life, what do you think? Here on the Patrick Johnson show.
2: Uh I'm gonna go weekend winner here. Kirk, don't call me Kirk Cousins. We have a Kirk Cousins drop, Finn, or we have it. You're a
1: That's how we've won all year, team, right? right? Hey, you held them to 20 points, man! Yes, you sir. gave us a chance at the end, and I got three words for you. You like that?
2: Do we have the other you like that? The original you like that? You like that? Yes. You like that? Yes. I like the original you like that a little better. Bring the uh, bed down a little. This is hot in my ears. I feel like I couldn't hear Kurt yelling there. Uh, Kirk Cousins, just an absolute dime to Adam Thielen. Uh, that throw at the end was big time. That was He'd made a really good throw, I think, on third down on that drive, which was, a re- I mean, a hell of a throw. But that one on was even better than that, the 43-yarder. was a, That was an amazing throw. And then, I mean, you can make all the comments you want about overtime and efficiency. What everybody forgets about. This overtime rule—they say, "Oh, if you win the toss, you win the game." Remember last year, Rams Saints. Yep. Who won the toss? In overtime, Saints. Saints. Breeze through a uh, through a they interception. They had a chance to win that game. What last year? Or last year? year? Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. They, well, they had the ball first. Yeah. So I mean that Just defeats excuses. all of this. Well, we need to change the overtime. Rule. Uh, I'm going to go another winner, uh, D.K. Metcalf. You're
0: a winner.
2: Weekend winner. Seattle's a little scary in this thing because the defense is clearly there. Of course, they're not going to be playing too many quarterbacks that are as immobile as McCown. And limited as a 40-year-old McCown. But uh, the defense, really good up front. I mean, that's what they hang their head on. But if if they have a receiver to throw to, which they appear to have now in Metcalf, and they've got a savvy quarterback in Russell Wilson, they're a little scary right now. They might be a dark horse in this thing. Uh, but Metcalf, the fifth most receiving yards from a rookie in a playoff game. Great performance history. It's some great catches too. Derrick Henry gets a weekend winner, obviously. You're a winner. Weekend winner. 6'3, <laughs> 247, and runs like a gazelle. Uh, had 182 yards. 1,540 on the regular season. I do think they could have some, they'll present some problems next round, but I don't foresee them winning on the road because they got – now, they didn't try, but they got nothing out of the quarterback spot. And you got to get a little something. I mean, that would was – 72 yards passing against New England. Eight completions. It's like uh, Harry High School numbers. Eight of 15, 72 yards. Uh, another weekend winner. You're a winner. Weekend winner. You're, you know <laughs> – Last year, you could make the argument with Zion, who was spectacular, that Duke was probably a little overhyped. I think they did play to their strengths in the postseason. They tried to slow everything down instead of running. And that played into them really getting eliminated. This is just a much different team, and I think a better team, as far as a team goes in a lot of ways, because they're deeper. Their efficiency numbers against Miami were off the charts. Uh, they've got Georgia Tech Wednesday, who just beat UAC. But I, Duke right now, I would I would consider them a Final Four team. Weekends worse. Let's do some of that.
4: You blew it.
2: Weekend worse. I don't like putting Carson Wentz in this weekends worst category. Because he, I mean, he got hurt, but it's not his fault he got hurt. I mean, it's just kind of a, a freak play. Should we change that? Well, you can't call him a winner because he really didn't do anything that would make him a winner, but I guess you gotta put him as a worse. I think
3: it's a worse because it's unfortunate that it happened. Well,
2: and he really has I mean, you're talking eight plays. He does not have any substantial postseason no playoff experience, experience at
1: really.
2: all. Mm. Uh all right, uh weekend worse. The old guys.
3: You blew
2: it! Weekend worse. Old quarterback, McCown 40. McCown Evan Smith's been in the Hall of Fame 10 years, and McCown handed it, handed off the football to him on his last carry. I think McGee t- on Sports tweeted that Logan was still coaching here when McCown started. Somebody put up highlights on Twitter of McCown playing in, like, one of those charity basketball games. He was dunking on guys. But, I mean, that was guys like us, not NFL linemen who want to take your head off. Uh, Breeze we mentioned. Wasn't very good. And then Brady, it's been revealed, was hurt. And Brady had nothing around him the last part of the year. Last half of the year had absolutely nothing around him. And didn't look good, though. That pick six was bad. Uh, Let's do a weekend worst here.
3: You blew it!
2: Weekend worst. The fans' emotions in places like Buffalo, That was a hot mess of a game. It was fun, and if you had no rooting interest, it was a great game. But that game was a hot mess with the Texans and the Bills. I was kind of hoping the Bills would win. Yeah, I thought they were going to win. Boy, Kyle Kyle Allen. One minute. I'm sorry, Josh Allen. One minute. Well, Kyle Allen, but Josh Allen, one minute you want to sort of, wow, what a play. And then the, the next you're like. He, he was a little shook up, I think. His decision-making was, first, was a little it off. It's only his second tough year. Tough environment to go into. Uh, and also the emotions of UNC and NC State fans. We mentioned, I, I think, some anger in those fan bases right now. At least from Roy Williams, too. The emotions. Why you got to play with their emotions? Do we like the Mike McCarthy hire for Dallas? There's a lot of people who are not real thrilled about it. It's kind of a wait-and-see kind of deal. But he had double-digit wins, I think, nine years. Super Bowl winner. You yeah, s- I mean, he's got a yeah, Super Bowl. Established winner. Jason Garrett didn't have a Super Bowl. And that wasn't a weird Jason Garrett reportedly was hanging around the building. Yeah, he didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave. He tried to re-audition for the job. And Did he really? Yeah, I didn't read that part. That was, yeah, that was reported. The whole thing was strange. I think they finally got sick of him being around. he got to let it go, buddy. Yeah, that Got to wave that flag. Um, I think that's all I got. Do you have anything, Ben? Uh, yeah, I would say Saints fans trying to say
3: that that final play was the offensive pass interference. How fitting was it that that was how that went
2: down at yeah. the end? That, it, it, I don't know. Did the, the defender didn't even try to make a play on the ball. Well, they haven't called it all year. Now, they've started yeah. They've started to call it with a little more frequency near the end of the year. Yeah. And that's a one-and-done rule anyway. There's no way that thing is renewed. Yeah. I personally, uh, I mean, to me, it was that sort of just hand fighting you see in the playoffs between receivers and back. And look, I'm not so sure he had, you could have made the argument he didn't have the ball before he went out of bounds. But it was the clean The whole thing probably needed to be looked at again. But I mean, it it probably was, it wasn't like Jerry Rice fumbling against the Packers. And not being called back before all this instant replay, but it was still pretty. It, it could have been questioned. Is that what you got a week? Is that what did you say? That was the worst? That was the worst. You have a winner? No combat uh, sports or anything? Suite, yeah, okay.
3: I'm negative. Does Preppy downer.
2: have any weekend winners or weekend winners? He has no idea what we're doing. He's messing with his
3: awesome hair. He is there. messing with
2: his hair. I'd say that hair is a weekend winner right there. Look at that. Best hair in the biz right God, there. That's a good quaff of hair there.
0: You're a
2: winner. Weekend winner. Good hair from Preppy. Intern CJ, do you have any weekend winner, weekend worst? Make it short.
1: Uh, loser, I mean, the worst has got to be the Bills. I mean, 16-0 lead. I mean, going in, uh, going in, people thought it was going to be Deshaun Watson versus the Bills, and Deshaun Watson pulled it off, basically single-handedly once again. So
2: I think he got a little loss of the shuffle of everything this weekend. That's actually a great point. Give C.J. a weekend winner for that great point. Because you're a winner. Weekend winner. I think Watson's comeback probably got lost in the shuffle with everything that happened yesterday. Uh, Because he was was amazing. Especially on that last play. That was unbelievable. I would have liked uh, Buffalo to have won. I really would have. I like Josh Allen. I, I used to hate him coming out of college,
3: but, you know, I've grown on him. Or he's grown on you. I, I, Maybe I, you've grown on him. I don't know. <laughs> I want him to be successful. You he had all a could lot be
2: pen pals. I'm not sure. He had a lot of criticism. David Glenn is going to join us. we got a ton of things to talk about with him. Uh, so let's uh, take a break. Are you ready for an update, Ben? All right, let's do that. And we'll uh, come back. DG on the Patrick Johnson Show next.
0: This is where the Pirates play. 94.3 The Game, your home for the best ECU game day coverage in all of the Pirate Nation.
3: Ben Barham here for your 94.3 the game sports update. ECU basketball look to get back on the right foot as they battle conference opponent USF tomorrow night at home. Tip off, tip off schedule for seven. The Pirates celebrated their first five game winning streak since 2013 before hitting a wall against the tough 24th ring Wichita State that goes 6 on six 6 8 so far on the season. Here's Pirate Hoops head coach Joe Dooley on the matchup against USF.
4: And I think that, you know, back to what we're talking about, I think they've been, about the last three weeks, we've been getting better. I mean, it doesn't mean we play better, right? You can notice on tape that we're doing things better. I think a lot of it's because they've been spirited and practicing how to better actually
3: Around College Hoops tonight, not much going on. Tipping off at seven in Boone, App State Battles, Louisiana, Lafayette, the Mountaineers seven and a half point favorites in that matchup. And at nine, Oklahoma State hosts 17th ranked West Virginia. Vegas has it as a toss up as West Virginia are only one and a half point favorites. In a high school basketball action, a big rivalry matchup at Hollywood Crossroads as D.H. Conley hosts J.H. Rose, and college football former Auburn head coach, Gene Chizik, interviewed with Mississippi State for its head coaching vacancy on Saturday. The next day, Chizik announced that he had removed himself as a candidate, she is expected to keep looking on a more ideal fit with the program. One lone bowl game, bowl game scheduled to kick off the night at 730. The 8-5 Miami, Ohio Redhawks take on the 10-3 Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette-Raging Cajuns. The Redhawks are 14-point underdogs in that Lending Tree Bowl matchup. NFL news, it was officially, officially announced yesterday that former Packers and Super Bowl winning head coach Mike McCarthy will be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. There have been no reports as of yet as to when his staff will be, what his staff will be or when his introductory press conference will be held. McCaffrey... McCarthy's overall record as the head coach was 125-77 for a 62% winning percentage. Also yesterday, the NFL wildcard round concluded with the Vikings beating the Saints 26-20 and the Seahawks edging out the Eagles 17-9. The divisional round began next Saturday with the Vikings going to Candlestick Park to face off against the 49ers at 435 and the 14-2 Ravens faced on off against the Titans at home at 815. For your 94.3 The Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Byron.
0: Patrick Johnson.
1: For a guy who thinks he's cool, you're sure no fun.
0: This is The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game.
3: Treat. Zucchini, petalini, wheat, but a, warm and a huge of
4: meat. In paradise. Have all, double, double, the slice. Not too particular, I'm just a in paradise.
2: David Glenn, you hear his show every uh, weekday. Noon to three right here on 94.3 The Game. DG joining us uh, here as we uh, wish him a uh, very happy 2020 and a happy new year to each and every one of you. DG, thank you very much. Great to talk to you. Hope you're well.
1: I'm doing great, Patrick. Happy new year to you and your listeners who were very good to me over the holidays. Got some nice notes and some little gifts. And extra thanks for the Buffett music on the way in, man. That's the way to help me celebrate the new year.
2: There you go. Now, uh, my wife wants to go to the show. In at uh, Walnut Creek Amphitheater in Raleigh, I know it's called something else now, but I still call it the Creek. Me too. And so uh, we're we're getting organized with a group to go. I think we're getting our tickets and the whole VIP and all that on uh, on on Friday. Now you being the ultimate parrot head. Have you already secured your tickets because you are a major celebrity in the Triangle and, and really statewide,
1: but but certainly in the Triangle? I have not. I do have an avenue, but the way my avenue works, it's actually after the public release this coming Friday. So okay. my wife thinks I should double up, and just go the regular public way on Friday, whatever the max you can buy there is, mm-hmm. and then use my sort of side door next week. Uh, and just double up and take twice as many people and have twice as much fun and coordinate with people like you and your family yeah, and friends. Yeah. Just turn it into a mini city out there.
2: Well, it's going to be on a Saturday night as well, which it, it trouble. It, you know this a little. It is trouble. Uh, this might be. Is this the first Saturday night Buffett show in a while
1: in in Raleigh? That I can think of. I mean, yeah. I've been there midweek. I've been there on a Friday night. I, I don't remember a Saturday night. He has lately skipped North Carolina about half the time, which yeah. is very alarming. Now, or he's, I or he's gone to elsewhere. Charlotte.
2: Or he's gone to Charlotte, it seems like, and
1: played in the arena True. there. Yeah. I think this time he's going to both. So I'd love it if both of our cities were back in the full time rotation. And, you know, at his age, who knows how many more years of this we're going to get.
2: Well, I think that's the reason we're gonna we're gonna go. Plus, my wife's never been, and it's been years since I've been. So, but I have my qual- you know I have my qualifiers as the, the only way I'll go. So, that's what we're gonna do. I, my qualifiers have been met, so I'm going.
1: <laughs> hey, my wife has qualifiers, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's certain songs she will not let me play because she's tired of them. But there are I got others you. that she loves. So we get well, involved. no, I
2: just mean like the whole setup, like the whole getting there and, and while you're there. You have to be qualified. Oh, I get it. Yeah,
1: there have to be qualified. I get it. We're not as young
2: as we used to be, D.G., so there have to be qualifiers. So
1: Designated drivers are recommended.
2: Yes, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm too old for the lawn at this point, so I think we have
1: to. I feel similarly. Yeah. Uh, the only time I've ever worn a grass skirt is at many Buffett concerts. Yeah. So. Well, there's Uh, some rules I bend. Others I'm all about reserve seating
2: as well. Uh, Great to have David Glenn with us uh, here. So that is your uh, radio and records report there uh, with the uh, (laughs) the Big Buffett show coming. Uh, You know, there's a a million places to start. I think a good place to start will be something that we mentioned this uh, near the end of last segment. And lost in all the hoopla, the Brady and, and Breeze and Wentz is Deshaun Watson played sensational in that comeback. Unreal.
1: Wasn't that incredible? And I remember... And that nobody's O'Reilly. talking about it
2: today. That's the thing. Nobody's talking about it today.
1: You're right, because it's the Breeze and the Saints are gone, and it's Brady and the Patriots are gone, and there were some controversial plays. I, I, I might, You know, you can correct me if I get some of these details wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was 16 nothing. the Texans are down in the third quarter. By postseason standards, you're all but dead and buried at that point. I mean, think about it. Nobody scored more than 20 points in regulation in those four games. So among eight teams, nobody put up big numbers. You're down 16-0 against a quality defense. And he puts on his Superman cape. And remember, Dabo Sweeney said, it's kind of like when Michael Jordan left UNC and some NBA teams regretted not drafting him first overall. He put that tag on Deshaun Watson. And it was until this weekend that Watson had won his first playoff game. Now, he had done other great things, but, you know, Dabo's words didn't take as much weight until what just happened. Because there was about a 90-some percent chance that the Texans were going to lose on their home home field. And then he made plays with his legs and his arm and his leadership, and he didn't panic. So I'm glad you're circling it because it it certainly was one of the – most uh, most worthy of celebration individual performances of anybody on either side of the ball from any of the eight teams in action
2: is houston now deshaun watson's team
1: yeah i think so especially because jj Watt, while you know heroically coming back from injury and having a sack and being an inspirational leader and the Petsons defense was good enough to keep them in the game he's missed so much time and it you know I root for him. I think he and Deshaun Watson are easy to root for personalities. But what was the number? J.J.'s missed like roughly 50% of the Texans' games over multiple years at this point with serious injuries. And, you know, that's not his fault. That doesn't make him a bad guy. But I think that torch is being passed. And it's kind of cool that the two of them, you know, even if it ends this coming weekend, that they get to share this uh, ride as two of the faces of the franchise.
2: The other team in Texas, America's team, uh, hires uh, Mike McCarthy today.
1: You know, I, I've
2: sort of railed on social media here. I, I, there's parts of it I love and I find fascinating, but there's parts of it that are, boy, if you, you know, it's the old thing, don't prove you're a fool, shut your mouth type of deal. Yeah. You know, don't tweet that out. Don't prove, you know, make people wonder if you're a fool. Don't confirm it. I mean, now, is it the sexiest of hires? Maybe not. Has McCarthy put in the work to make himself sort of a modern day guru? Because you go back a few years ago, he was on the cutting edge of all this stuff on offense. He says he has. He seems to to have. Um, he he you know got to the playoffs in over a decade run several times in Green Bay. Uh, he he won double digit games in each one of those years, I believe. He's got a Super Bowl. They're not handing those yep. out. Um, You know, the interesting thing will be, will Kellen Moore stay, the former Boise State uh, quarterback, because he really, I thought, had a great year as the offensive coordinator for Dallas. They led the league in in yards. So I'm anxious to sort of see how this all plays out, but uh, where would you rate this higher?
1: I think it's a good one, and I think it's It's hard to know if it's going to be a great one because the magical question is how much of that Green Bay success was really about Aaron Rodgers, and how much of it was really about Mike McCarthy. Because one fun fact for Cowboys fans, and as an Eagles fan, I take no glee in sharing this particular fun fact. Since 2006, when Mike McCarthy became the rookie head coach of the Green Bay Powers, there's only one NFL head coach in this last decade and a half with more NFL postseason victories than Mike McCarthy. And his name, of course, is Bill Belichick. Yeah. So, Again, how much was Rodgers, how much was McCarthy, how much do both deserve credit for that uh, and the Super Bowl and many playoff runs? Uh, who knows exactly for sure how do you slice that pie? I think Jerry Jones, given that he doesn't know how long his window is with that young offensive line and Dak Prescott in his prime and Ezekiel Elliott on his new deal and in his prime as well and some others, he doesn't know how much, how many years are left in this window of opportunity. And I think if you you know, needed to put training wheels on a Lincoln Riley of Oklahoma coming from the college ranks, but learning a new level in a new way, or even a first-time head coach from the coordinator ranks, I'm not sure Jerry's world is ready for somebody who might need training wheels to learn the CEO-type job description yeah. that he's inheriting, or even the tricky nature of working for Jerry Jones. So Mike McCarthy's been through the ringer. He's not going to be overwhelmed by a meddling owner. Uh, and he's been there, done that. And he, he did study himself in his year away from head coaching. So I think there's more upside than risk. And I think Cowboys fans should be happy today, even if, as you said correctly, probably, uh, you know, that it's just not the sexiest tire in the world.
2: You know, just this morning, there were the Lincoln Riley has interest. The Cowboys have interest reports. So, you know, take make those, you know, take those as you want with a grain of salt if you want to. Because all during this time, McCarthy was getting pancakes at Jerry Jones's house this morning, apparently. So yeah, right. you know, I mean, again, you could take those reports for, for how you want to you want to take them. And but it seemed like once they kind of honed in, they got their guy. Uh, so did did the that did the semifinal game kind of damage the Lincoln Riley momentum in your estimation
1: on any level? I wonder because Jerry Jones and Lincoln do know each other personally through very good uh, mutual friends. Uh, And really the Jones family tree, Lincoln has uh, crossed paths with Jerry's Mm -hmm. grandson, who's a promising young quarterback, I think. Um, So I thought there was, you know, something behind that link. I do think Lincoln Riley, like Adabo Sweeney, is kind of wired in a way that makes him more of a college coach, wanting to work with young people in their formative years and, you know, being involved in the whole person rather than, you know, working with fellow professionals who have, in many cases, wives and kids, and they're older and they're adults themselves and they're uh, leaders in the community themselves in many cases. So we'll see. Maybe someday Lincoln makes that jump. I don't think his reputation has been damaged by uh, some of these playoff losses. I think for the most part, if he keeps cranking out Big 12 titles and and gets to these playoffs, you know, the Final Four as it is in the current format, that'll outweigh any of these losses that are sometimes even lopsided because any NFL scout who watched that game and probably most fans as well knew that Ed Ogeron was working with more NFL caliber talent at LSU than Lincoln Riley and his staff had with the Sooners. And, you know, the SEC is just flat out better than the big 12 overall most years. And again, this year. So it's always stepping up in weight class. When you're trying to go from Big 12 champ to beating the best of the SEC, we'll see how Clemson handles LSU because it's a similar step up. You know the ACC wasn't great this year, and now the Clemson Tigers have to step up in weight class and see if they can handle the LSU Tigers.
2: David Glenn from the David Glenn Show is on the phone uh, with us uh, here. DG's taking a few minutes with us. Are you good time wise, DG? I know you're yeah, you're a no man problem. in demand because there's too many things to talk about. And my wife's the, out of town, and
1: my oh. daughter's at a concert, and oh. my son is uh, walking the dog, man, I'm perfect. Okay,
2: this is good. <laughs> this is good. All right, let me let me ask you this uh, about Brady. I, I tend to believe this morning Brady goes back to New England because I don't think you're going to find a better setup for Brady. Like, I'm with you. I, I don't think the Chargers are that good of a setup for him. There's some uncertainty there. Uh, you know, certainly, boy, it, it just I have a hard time picturing him in a Colts uniform. And I I don't know if that setup is that great. Uh, Having done some stuff following the Colts this year, I I just don't know if that's a great setup for him either. So I I don't think he's going to retire. I I don't think that's going to happen. He might take a wait and see approach, and I think his demands are going to center around, you know, I got to have some help.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. There's always that funny childhood dream, too, where, you know, his family were San Francisco 49ers fans growing up. But sure enough, the Niners go from not being 100% sure who their guy is at quarterback to Jimmy Garoppolo having you know, a very good year while surrounded by an amazingly good 49ers team. So there's one more probable closed door as you sort of sift through the options. Brady himself said he thought it was highly unlikely he's going to retire. And Bob Kraft said, The only two thoughts he wants to consider are Brady retiring or Brady returning to the Patriots. So if Tom says I'm highly unlikely to retire and Kraft says it's either retirement or staying with us, you know, you still have to come to an agreement obviously. And that Belichick guy has to be a voice in that room as well. The Patriots weren't as good offensively. Brady wasn't as good individually. My money is where your money is. And that is those guys will figure out a way to not only bring Brady back for another year at the age of 42, they're going to give him more to work with in the form of skill players and also the offensive line in front of him, because there's just never been a quarterback where if you're struggling on the line and you're struggling with the targets you give him, there's just never been a quarterback that can be great under those circumstances. So, how much of a decline is the end? Some, but how much of it was that supporting cast? quite a bit, and, and that's why I think they'll work it out for one more year in New England. Well, we,
2: we, you know, he wasn't particularly sharp, but it's come out here this afternoon that he was playing with a bad foot for the second part of the year. I would guess the timing of that synced up with when they started to struggle. and he, he did not look great at times uh, latter part of the season. But he didn't have anybody to throw to. Their offensive line wasn't good enough to run the football and, and make that what they were going to do, uh, first and foremost. You know, they he also – there's two passes in that game Saturday night. Uh, one is just dropped, and the yeah. other one is called back because, you know, a lineman got a little far going down when Brady was scrambling. Right. And that, you know, could have easily been a no-call in certain circumstances. We've seen it be a no-call before uh, in Patriots games, in fact. So, I, to me, they're still a little closer, given the division they play in, uh, than, than, you know, but but I'm kind of torn on this New Orleans thing, and I'm not necessarily rooting for for Drew Brees in New Orleans uh, on any level because of the Panthers connection. But uh, you know, I, I just start to kind of wonder there, you know, how much time's left for them to kind of make a, a run at this thing again, and is a lot of that more Brees? Because even though it wasn't far, he was the third best quarterback on the field uh, yesterday. Uh, Hill was a better, <laughs> Hill was a more dynamic player, and Cousins, while he wasn't <laughs> perfect, was. I mean, probably had two or three of the best passes of his of his career in the fourth or in the over uh, in the overtime.
1: Isn't it crazy that when you're trying to explain how the New Orleans Saints lost at home and the New England Patriots lost at home, and these forty-some-year-old quarterbacks, both legends, are home for the rest of the holidays, as the saying goes, that you must include on the short list they didn't score enough points, yeah. right? The Patriots defense was plenty good all year and pretty darn good against the Titans. And yet the Patriots offense just couldn't get much going. And again, it wasn't all Brady, as you said, the drops, the penalties, et cetera. And Drew Brees and that Saints offense just could not get it going. And when the Vikings needed both a quarterback Kirk cousins to make plays, but also a running back behind a strong line, Dalvin cook made those plays. And the Saints didn't get enough from Breeze, and didn't get nearly enough from their line and their running backs. Alvin Kamara couldn't run a lick, and yet Dal- Dalvin Cook of Minnesota, you know, ran all over the place yeah. and-, and made some receiving plays as well. So uh, I- I'm a- I'm one of those that thinks teams should not overreact too much to a single loss by a single possession. But at the same time, I agree with you that you know you have to be realistic about Breeze, who turns 41 this month, or Brady, who's already 42.
2: Uh, David Glenn with us. DG Show heard uh, every day at noon. Uh, DG back in the air chair this uh, week. Uh, you can hear that here on 94.3 The Game, plus other stations all across uh, the state of North Carolina. Uh, wanted to get some basketball in here, and we hopefully will get a quick uh, take or two about some of the teams of the state. But I, I, with the Panthers right now, McCarthy getting hired, You know, I guess there's the... There's still the possibility that uh, McDaniels could be you know the guy, although i I tend to think he might wind up elsewhere. Uh, you know th- does this seem like you know they get rid of Ron Rivera so they could start contacting people. Rivera's already got a job. McCarthy now has a job after a bizarre right. dismissal in Dallas that uh, it was like the guy from office space sticking around Garrett was with a stapler. And Milton, do we have the Milton soundbite? There, uh, this is it, uh, DG, right here. Feel free to tell Darren to use this. It, excuse
3: me. Yeah, I, I believe you have my stapler. Hmm.
2: Spare no expense, DG, on the production budget here uh, on the game. By the way, but you know, yeah, well done. That whole thing was just nuts. But but then you know, now all of a sudden it looks like the pan- what's the Panthers' plan? Because the Cam thing is lingering over this. What's the front office going to look like? This all of a sudden looks like David Tepper, all due respect to Mr. Tepper, you know, is maybe that meddling owner, it looks like now in the vein of Jerry Jones uh, or others.
1: Yeah, I think the bottom line with the Panthers coaching search is going to be all's well that ends well. And if Panthers fans are not excited by the ultimate hire, they're going to dissect this process and wonder why, you know, Mike McCarthy wasn't locked down before the Cowboys got him or somebody else wasn't lined up and now why are the Panthers sort of, you know, late in the game if the Giants really are going to get Matt Rule of Baylor, mm-hmm. who the Panthers reportedly talked to today, does that mean another vacancy is filled and yet an, and another Panthers target is gobbled up? Um, in the end, if the Panthers fans like, whether it's, you know, Kevin Stefanski of the Vikings, who's, you know, tied up with the playoffs still, or Josh McDaniels, who supposedly is talking to them later this week, uh, or somebody else. Maybe they talk Matt Rule into it today if, if fans like that idea. I don't think there's a home run hire that's going to make all the Panthers fans happy on the day of the press conference. But I, you know, the proof is in the pudding as the saying goes. If the Panthers start well under any new coach, this process will be forgotten quickly. And if they stumble out of the gate under whoever this new coach turns out to be, you're absolutely right. People are going to wonder. You know, why didn't people want to work for David Tepper? Why did they grab other jobs after interviewing with the Panthers? Yeah. Uh,
2: very quickly here, DG, as we sit here today, uh, is Duke a Final Four team in basketball?
1: I think they are. We're we're in a weird year because Duke's one of the best teams in the country. Carolina, without Cole Anthony, doesn't look within a million miles of an NCAA tournament team. And when's the last time you said that? Probably a decade ago about the Tar Heels. Uh, The Wolfpack just lost to Clemson. It's crazy. But, yes, I believe Duke, under Coach K, has one of the four best teams in the country. That doesn't mean you always end up in the Final Four. But if I was a betting man, I'd put one of my four uh, bags of money on the Devils.
2: So is, is, is NC State an NCAA tournament team at this point right now?
1: I believe they are. But I'll say this. There are only four locks in the ACC. Duke, of course, is one. Florida State is probably second, Louisville is third, and UVA is fourth. Those four are going to make the NCAA tournament. Now, we know more than four will make it. But after those top four, Patrick, your guess is as good as mine. I believe the Wolfpack is well-positioned for that. And, I, you know, they have a nice win over Wisconsin, for example, that was a great resume builder. But they need C.J. Bryce healthy. They need Markel Johnson to play better. And yeah. they need to build on that resume where the only great win so far is over the badgers
2: and then will will the tar heels make it at this point i mean do you, do you feel like they will
1: without cole anthony no way with cole anthony probably yes and that's what makes his return and the timing of it so important yeah.
2: Uh, we got, uh, we're got, we getting played out like uh, some of the uh, Golden Globes uh, winners last night, DG. So we got to go. Yeah, it happens. Hey, uh, thank you very much. I enjoyed talking to you again. And uh, we'll, I'm sure, talk to you uh, before uh, before April's Jimmy Buffett concert, I'm sure. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for the time.
1: Always a lot of fun. Happy New Year and fins up, my friend. There you go.
2: David Glenn. David Glenn Show. Uh, noon is where you can pick up uh, DG here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, all right. We're done, right? Be out. Thanks to DG for being on with us. Great job by the guys. Size Seymour tomorrow and a lot more ahead of ECU USF. Have a great Monday evening.